Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a program made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando and along with my good friend Reese, we, we will be breaking down nothing because it's the bye week and the Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL. So goodbye, viewers. Thank you for listening to this edition of Fountain City Sports Media. We will see you next time. Make sure you subscribe on Patreon. Just kidding. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. <laughs> what if what if it was like only like 30 seconds long and in our like I don't know how many viewers we have now, but are just like, uh, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess I'm gonna listen to Bill Simmons on the way to work. Talk about a crushable cast. um just kidding viewers you thought we wouldn't have content we are going to be doing the nfl power rankings for the mid season that's right we're going to break down the top 10 teams in the nfl i don't know reese's list reese doesn't know my list so this might get contentious this might be the last episode of fountain city sports media because we're going to get so heated that he's going to quit or i'm going to go to espn and do gotcha media with them or tmz sports or who knows i'd probably make a lot of money yeah dude our lists are like the recipe for Coke. Like it's split between two people and the other two can't be in the same room at the same time <laughs> gonna, sort of thing. I'm going to go to TMZ and be like, do you want to know the real reason why James Harden left Oklahoma City? The real reason James Harden left Oklahoma City? Uh-oh. <laughs> How's my TMZ impression? Do I have a contract there yet? That was actually that was actually pretty good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have more Patreon what I just said Patreon, yikes. They probably have more Patreon listeners than we do. But speaking about Patreon, do you have something to say about that, Reese? Perhaps? Oh, man. Do I have something to say about this? I got something big to say about this. So it is November, the month of Thanksgiving. And let me tell you, we have much thanks to be giving to our latest patron on Patreon. We want to give a shout out to our new official friend of the podcast joel from kansas city Woo! and see this is this is a jo- double whammy wait, here joel joel Embiid from kansas oh my gosh i know dude it could be joel Embiid. <laughs> he must have heard the ku football documentary and just went crazy <laughs> he's like subscribe dog <laughs> He was like, mm, that is that is very accurate. Yeah, dude. Uh, meanwhile, we unfortunately had to cut ties with a uh, former KU friend of the podcast, uh, Wiggins, because he, he tried to join on Patreon and we said no. So uh, <laughs> I said, hey, stop listening to the show. Work on your jump shot. Anyway, we can, we can probably do a whole episode of Andrew Wiggins. Poor guy. Yeah, dude, seriously, poor guy. I'm so, I'm so mean to Wiggins. I have a vendetta against Wiggins because his older brother played at Wichita State back when they were in the Valley, so they were, like, beating up on us. Really? Yeah, dude. Was he any good? Oh, dude, his brother could ball. His brother could really? ball. Really? Did he, he didn't go pro, though, did he? No, but hot take, he was the better of the two brothers. Wow. Hot take. Uh, so, anyway, I do not want to get off track to give thanks to our latest friend of the podcast, Joel, as a friend of the podcast, you will now have access to season zero bonus content, getting a shout out on air. Man, I got to say, Christmas came early and it's not spelled Noel, it's spelled Joel. So, Joel, thank you so much. (laughs) 
for becoming Thanks, a friend of the Joel. podcast. And actually, another shout out to our Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, and I think we should. Um, if you guys have not seen the Jordan documentaries yet, The Last Dance, you need to go see that. I know it's available on Netflix, on, on ESPN, the app as well. Well, before we went public, uh, that I think was one of our better episodes to kind of get into the scene. So we, I think we did 10 episodes, right, of The, of the Last Dance? We actually did only four. Uh, something happened oh, on the final. because we did two each. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Wait, we have to tell that story when Kyle comes back. When he comes back. Yeah, uh, listener question. Feel free to ask what happened to episode five of the Last Dance documentary. Because oh uh, my god. <clears throat> well. Just so you know, if you subscribe to Patreon, you will get our reactions to The Last Dance. Almost all of them. You'll get almost all of them. Um, but there's some great... I mean, that actually, I think, is some of our best content that we've done. It's just a really nice roundtable about Michael Jordan, his life, and just kind of how it relates to our own lives, honestly. Not that we think we're Michael Jordan, but there's just... You know, there's a lot of family stuff in there, and it's, it's really good stuff. So please consider joining our patreon you will not be disappointed yes sirree bob so uh thank you jordan from cedar falls thank you joelle from kansas city let's do it baby so not only are we doing power rankings but we're also going to do some mid-season chiefs awards that's right we're going to break down who we think's doing well on the Chiefs, who may not be doing well on the Chiefs. We are going to give our Fountain City Sports Media Awards today on the podcast. But before we do any of that, Hot Take Mondo is back with his famous segment, the Shame Nun segment. Boo. I can't wait for your sound effects, Reese. I can't wait to hear it. The first entity we are going to shame today has nothing to do with the nfl zero to the nfl it's just the biggest news i think today and it's so funny growing up in that town for them to go through so much for them to have such great teams then to do a boneheaded trade like they did today i needed to shame them today we are going to shame the hometown team that i grew up not rooting for but grew up hearing about every single day at school the phoenix suns what happened today may i refresh your memory oklahoma city traded chris paul to phoenix today for the following ricky rubio kelly Oubre. Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck. I actually don't know how to say his name. That alone is kind of iffy. That I'm like, eh, okay, you know. Remember, Chris Paul is 36, I think. See, Only has a couple more years left, see right? See that old? You get... Yeah, he, I think he is. And we know Kelly Oubre pretty well, right? Kelly Oubre, young dude, great potential. You're trading away a lot there. Not only do we hear that they are trading that... They're trading four picks as what? well. Four picks? Yeah, you didn't hear this? They're no. trading They're trading a protected 2020 first round pick, <laughs> first round 2023 pick, a first round 2024 pick, and an unprotected 2025 pick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sam Presti now has 17 first round picks for the next six years shame on you 
Phoenix Suns <laughs> for for falling into the Sam Presti trap. I mean, you really think, you really think Chris Paul is going to get you over the hump? Like, okay, why don't, why don't we play this out really quickly? I don't want to spend too much time because I know it's NFL, but this is just hilarious. Let's, let's assume everything goes well, okay? Chris Paul plays great. He makes Devin Booker play great. DeAndre Ayton plays great. They are going to be at best, at best the fifth seed in in the Western Conference, at best the fifth seed. And then they're going to play the Lakers. They're going to play the Clippers. They're going to play the Mavs. They're going to play a, like a better Portland team. There's so many good teams. The best that they're going to do is get out of round one in the playoffs. And then Chris Paul is going to retire. He's retiring in a couple years. You just got rid of four picks and Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, whatever. Phoenix Suns, shame on you. Dude, they were all drinking that Devin Booker Kool-Aid like at the end of the at the bubble that you guys were, and I'm like, nah, I wouldn't be drinking that just yet. It's gonna make you do something stupid, like trade picks for Chris Paul. Cheapers. Reese Reese texts us every time that there is a, a thunder trade, he goes, More picks. More picks. Yeah, dude. Every time uh, I see it, I chuckle. Yeah, dude, Dragon Balls, Infinity Stones, you know, just ancient relics. Like, Sam Presti collects more picks than all those things are worth, you know? He's, he's just, like, slowly becoming more and more powerful until he's gonna, like, he's gonna trade all his picks for, like, controlling shares of the NBA itself. <laughs> or he trades them for, like, like Mozgov or like oh, Luel Dang on accident. Yeah, so we can trade them for 10 picks apiece as well. Jeez Louise. <laughs> if I get him, then I can trade him again. <laughs> anyway, shame on you, Phoenix Suns. I can't wait to watch the season and see how cute your season's going to be. There's also a shout out to a friend of mine, Joey, who I've been going back and forth with. This will make Joey listen to this podcast as well. So shout out to you guys. Number two on the shameless, which is relevant to us today. So I was doing some emails this morning, just, you know, doing the usual stuff. And I decided, oh, I'm going to put, you know, TV on in the background. I put first take on in the background. Not a great background show because there's a lot of hot takes, right? Even more than, than hot take Mondo. If you think I'm bad, turn on first take. As I'm watching first take, Molly Quorum goes like this. Stephen A, I'm giving this to you first. Who is the bigger sleeper for a Super Bowl contender? The Miami Dolphins or the Oklahoma... Oh, they're not Oklahoma anymore. Let me do it again. Okay. Or the Oklahoma City Thunder and their 41 picks. <laughs> Breaking news, Patrick Mahomes gets traded to Oklahoma City Thunder for 35 picks. In cash. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Molly Quirm goes, who, who is the bigger... Um, sleeper for a Super Bowl contender. The Miami Dolphins or the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh, jeez. Who does Stephen A. pick and who does Max pick? Both pick the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course they do. Shame on you for looking at their record and for looking at the one win that they got us on. Shame on you for looking at that and thinking that they are Super Bowl contenders. Shame. Just horrible. Horrible. I almost had a heart attack this morning. 
I don't know what their logic is. They just got pasted by the Buccaneers a few weeks ago, and the Buccaneers aren't even that good. Like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the Raiders again. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Raiders later, but just want to do a quick shame on first take for even having that question. Not only not having that question, but putting the Raiders in that conversation. And with that, let's get right into our power rankings at the midseason. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go back and forth. We might have the same picks for maybe the first couple, who knows, or it might just be way off the rails, and we're going to go at it. Reese, I'm going to give you the first one. Who is number one on your midseason power rankings? Actually, I mean, let's do it at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I think we, hopefully we have the same thing. Here we go. Three, two, one. Las Vegas Jets. Raiders. <laughs> I can see it's going to be a difficult power rankings. I think we both threw scissors. Like one isn't bad. Wait, wait. I thought like 10 is the best. Yeah, is this golf? <laughs> anyway. All right. Go ahead, Reese. I think I know what you're saying. You know, uh, it's, it's pretty easy for me to say. The number one team in my power ranks is the Kansas City Chiefs. They have one loss. They have eaten a lot of teams alive this year, including having some of the better wins on the year, a very dominating win over the Baltimore Ravens, a very dominating win over the Buffalo Bills. You know, it's like this offense is playing better than it did last year. There's more weapons than it did last year. Andy Reid's coaching better than he was last year. I see no reason not to have these guys at number one. What do you think? I agree. I have nothing to add, really, or nothing to argue with there. They're the best team. We've been talking about it for the past 10 weeks. There literally is no weakness on offense. We can beat you any single way, and if there is a weakness on defense, we will compensate with it on offense, and Patrick Mahomes will make up for it. I think... The lowest we've scored this year is like 21 against the Chargers. Everything else has been plus 20. Like, come on. Come on. That That is a dominant defense. I know Seahawks, or dominant offense, sorry. I know the Seahawks are number one offensively, but because they've had those inflated games, right? We've consistently had huge offensive games. I know this used to be the league of defense wins out. We're in a different time, guys. The Chiefs have already won a Super Bowl with the greatest offense on turf. We are better this year offensively. There is no competition. Sounds good to me. All right. Numero dos. Here's where things might get fishy. I don't think it will right now, but we'll see. Number two on my power ranking is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is at 9-0. and and look, just looking at their schedule, they have not had the greatest schedule. Like, just look at the first five weeks. Giants, Broncos, Texans, Eagles, Browns. Then they had some challenges. Then they had the Titans. Then they had the Ravens. Okay. But if you look, that's really just the only two that they've played that have been Super Bowl you know, content or at least playoff contenders, right? And they've been close games, but... For me, their defense has just been incredible this year, right? The the most they've given up is 24 points, and that was against the Titans and the Ravens. Oh, and actually, no, sorry, they gave up 29 to the Eagles. But still, their defense is playing incredibly well. They have a very good defensive line, um, and they also have very good uh, corners as well as their linebackers. It's just a solid defensive team that I think is going to ride that division, and it's going to ride them into probably the AFC championship game. Not only that, if Ben is healthy, if Ben is healthy, he has three wide receivers 
that are playing very well. We knew Juju was going to play well, but not only that, we now have the rise of Chase Claiborne and Deontay Johnson, both playing incredibly well, as well as James Conner. James Conner's not um, not injured this year. You know, the first year that we saw him, like I've said in previous podcasts, he played really well, and then he kind of battled through injuries. It doesn't look like he's injured this year. So it's a great team overall. Uh, I'm not scared of them. I'm actually, I really want to play them. Like I said in the previous podcast, we've always had these like iffy times with the Steelers that we've never dominated them like we've recently had with the Patriots. Um, so would love to play them and love to just stamp that. Uh, but I think they're the clear number two. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, my number two is the same as your number two. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers right here. As you mentioned, they have a very lethal receiving core. They got Juju Smith-Schuster, Johnson, Claypool. Not to mention at tight end, they have Eric Ebron, who's not Travis Kelsey, but he is still a very dangerous fourth receiving option right there. Ben Roethlisberger seems to have hopped back into form. He's not, you know, in his prime anymore, but he is at very least a reliable game manager plus style quarterback. My only cons against them, they've played a pretty easy schedule so far. Uh, They've only had three games decided by 10 points or more, and those were against the Giants, the Browns, and the Bengals. And subsequently, they've had five games decided by less than a touchdown, not to mention... Prior to this week, they had three straight games come down to the final play of regulation. So, you know, I think statistically the Steelers' luck is going to have to start tilting in the other direction, and they're not going to win some of these close games. But you got to remember, they still got a second tangle with Baltimore on there. They got to go play Buffalo. Nothing's a given. They have a pretty soft schedule. Could they run the table in the regular season? Unfortunately, it is vomitingly possible. But, you know, at this time, they're undefeated. We're not. So I'm putting them at number two in the power rankings. Yeah, I I, I feel like with those like Patriots teams and the Colts teams with Peyton Manning, they all had some like trials during their season where I feel like the Steelers might get away with no trials within their regular season. Like there was always a great comeback game with Tom Brady, always a great Peyton Manning comeback as well. This season just I don't know whether they'd like set it up so the Pittsburgh Steelers were gonna have such a favorable season, but like that schedule looks baloney. It really is. It really is. So we'll see what happens with the rest of their season. Do you mind if I go on to number three? Let's go. I think this is where it's gonna get weird. Let's do it. All right. So my number three, kind of just by the default of their record, is the Green Bay Packers. Now, I say that because, you know, they've got Aaron Rodgers. He's having a pretty MVP-type season up to right now, but also he's played a very easy schedule up until this point. You know, it's this is eerily similar to last year, and I'll, I'll get to more on that in a second. But on the bright side, they're top 10 in both pass and rush yards this year, so the offense does seem to be clicking better with LaFleur than it was with McCarthy. Uh, Some things that make me a little bit worried about them this part in the season, they've had a very easy schedule with their one good win being at the Saints. Otherwise, there's nothing really on there to brag about. And looking at the flip side of that coin, just like last year, when they start playing contender teams, they get waxed. You know, Tampa Bay really embarrassed them. What was it, week four or five when Aaron Rodgers threw those two bad picks? Both almost picked sixes, and Tom Brady just like ran wild on him. 
and last but not least, the whole team right now feels like the Packers have felt for the last four or so years. Now, this is just the Aaron Rodgers show, which is great because he's a fantastic athlete, competitor. But man, if he has an off day, it's like, who on that team is going to pick you up, you know? Strangely enough, we are we are 100%. We're three for three now. I also have the Packers at number three. Uh, like you said, they're seven and two, first in the NFC North. Um, they haven't faced the Bears yet, so I think a couple games against the Bears, they're at least going to lose one of those. Because even though the Bears suck offensively, sorry, Matt Nagy, we love you. The offense isn't cutting it, but the defense is still very good. So they're going to play them. They're also going to play the Colts this week as well. And Colts are very sneaky, which I'm sure we're going to talk about very soon. Pros for them, exactly what you were saying. It's the Aaron Rodgers show. Aaron Rodgers show is showing no fatigue. And he has good receivers around him. It was curious that they didn't draft any receivers to help him out or even any running backs. But he didn't need them. Of course, he has Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard, who we love. I know we've talked about Alan Lazard for quite some time. Valdez Scantley as well is great. And then once Aaron Jones is fully back into health, a formidable running back. So it's a great team. And the NFC is just so weird this year that literally any of the teams from like 1 to 10. So look for the Green Bay Packers to, because they have experience, they could edge out people. That's why I have them high in the power ranking. Aaron Rodgers has been there before. He can make it happen. We'll see. All right, then who is your number four on the power rankings? Numero four, the Seattle Seahawks Ooh. is number four for me. Yeah, and I was looking at some other power rankings that people had, and the Seattle Seahawks were pretty low because, and we'll I'll go to the cons again first, their defense is awful. Defense is awful this year. Gone are the days of the Legion of, of Boom. It's just incredible that what's going on with them. They've had two bad losses, one to the Rams, one to the Bills in in the recent weeks. And then, of course, the shootout with Kyler Murray uh, that was four weeks ago. They will now see a rematch uh, this next week. But I just like how the team is formed right now. I mean, you can't bet against DK Madcalf. You can't bet against Tyler Lockett. I love Russell Wilson as a player and as a person. He's great. Maybe a little overrated. I don't think he should be the second best quarterback right now as people are rating him where Patrick Mahomes is, but he's still a very good quarterback. And I think that offense is going to propel their defense just like the Chiefs offense propels the Chiefs defense. Again, another pro argument is that the NFC is just so crazy. You don't know what's going to come out of the NFC. And this is another team with experience, right? If you have Russell Wilson on your side, the chances are you're going to have some pretty good leadership going to the back half of the season and into the beginning of the playoffs so give me number four seattle you know what do you think reese oh man i got a lot to say about seattle a little bit later on my list but uh for me number four <laughs> sit hold on to the edge of your seat here buddy i have the miami dolphins at number what? four yes what sir in the world oh no we're gonna I'm, fight already in the i'm beginning. sorry i'm sorry i thought this was a power ranking i thought this was a power rankings <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not future rankings; it's power rankings. Well, how about how about some statistics for you? This team has won <laughs> five of six against some pretty decent squads: against the Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, 
and the San Diego Chargers, who we all know are much better in their record with Justin Herbert, you know, just like a future just nightmare right there. They have a top five scoring defense somehow. I don't know how, but they do. And I'm seeing some very safe and promising play from Tua so far. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Not lighting it up, but that's a very safe, smart decision making. The only thing that has me worried about the Dolphins right now is they have the 26th rated passing offense, the 28th rated rushing offense, but somehow are ninth in scoring. Now, see, those are some San Francisco 49ers numbers right there, and those numbers simply do not add up. And subsequently, I don't think they can keep this up because, you know, they're artificially winning games here. It's like when you're that bad at offense, but you're that good at scoring something's not right their rushing game is currently decimated you know they've got a lot of running backs in the ir tua is still playing well but unproven but like i said it's a power rankings and they've won five of six i gotta put these guys up pretty high i mean that's that's really high though reese that's four well i mean (laughs) i'm just that's like afc championship four. not many other teams have won five of six i'm not saying they're great i'm saying they're hot and this is you know this is the power right now isn't this like power rankings like a hotness rating so okay just going out before i talk about it where do you foresee the miami dolphins in week 16 well i'll tell you what if you haven't been paying attention to the afc east they are just half a game behind the buffalo bills right now you know it's like they could easily sneak this division and dude if you're a bills fan and after last year how good you were potentially and seeing how bad the patriots are now without tom brady not having a good quarterback situation seeing all that you have to feel after those first few games that like this is finally your year bills mafia to win the division And then you start dropping stupid games and the Dolphins sneak up on you and win the division. How does that make you feel? Does that make you just like want to jump through a table and like off the edge of the flat earth? Come on. (laughs) Okay. So here's why I think you're wrong, but I like the team. Like if, if we were doing a, a futures power ranking, like what, what could 2021 be for the Dolphins? Then yeah, maybe maybe I'd put them in the top eight, maybe. But there's just so many good teams right now. You're right. I will concede they are on a hot streak. But looking at their roster offensively, it just doesn't look like this is going to last. Hey, I'm just saying they are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. You know how many other teams in the NFL have five straight victories? Uh, just us, I would assume. Uh, besides the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, I do believe it is. No, I don't even think we have five in a row. Really? Hold on. Nope. We have four in a row. They have five in a row. They are hotter than us. Dolphins number one in the power <laughs> rankings. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in Look, to Fountain City Sports Media. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is the the Dolphins are not even in my power rankings. <laughs> oh, you're just being disrespectful at that point. No, there's just so many other teams that I know will beat the Dolphins. Okay. So we just talked about their running backs. Let's go to their wide receivers. Well, Devontae we don't have Parker's time to great. talk about Miami. Let's just get on to our number fives. <laughs> well, I just don't, I just can't believe you have them at four. It just looking it just at them through a lens. Mind. Any team that has the second longest <sighs> winning streak in the NFL should be in the top ten. That's all I'm gonna say. Agree to disagree. My number five, Baltimore. Ravens are number five for me. Now, do I think the Baltimore Ravens are a great team? No. 
But once we get to, I mean, look, Reese had the Miami Dolphins at four. Do we think there's a lot of great teams from four to ten? No, we do not. So if you are a Chiefs fan listening to this, be happy because, I mean, it's pretty crapshoot from here, guys. It's pretty crapshoot from here. Okay, but not to say, of course, the Ravens play well, except when they play the Chiefs. Now, I will not look into the prisoner of the moment goggles and look at their loss against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are getting better. Although, like, yeah, it was great to see them lose to the Patriots, but the only losses that they've had this year was us, the Steelers, and then the Patriots. Patriots defense is good, Reese. I see you looking at me. Patriots defense is good, okay? We we know the Patriots defense is good because we almost lost to the Patriots with Brian Hoyer. Anyway, look, the Ravens are good because they game script to Lamar Jackson's strengths. Lamar Jackson isn't the greatest quarterback, but when he is rolling, when they do well in the first quarter and they're not playing from behind, they will win every single game that they play. Lamar Jackson can throw that middle ball to Mark Andrews, to Marquise Brown, um, to Willie Sneed. He can toss it off to his very good running backs, and of course, their defense is amazing. They have a great defensive line. They traded for a lot of people. I know Reese doesn't like that, but it's a very good defensive line. Put them at number five. That's fine with me. Like I said, it's kind of a crapshoot going forward, but the Ravens, when they're hot, they're hot. Dude, I don't know. You say they can game script for Lamar pretty well, but I think teams have seen the script play out enough that they're starting to figure out how this ends and finding ways to tune their own adventure on it. I'll talk about the Ravens a little bit later on, but for me, number five in the power rankings, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they're weird. They're an enigma. They're a top 10 scoring offense and defense, which historically shows if you can do that, you can win a Super Bowl. Great roster right now. They have a lot of weapons and seemingly just adding like, you know, over the hill names at an alarming rate. You know, they, they have that great young wide receiver core coming into this year but they since added rob gronkowski shell leonard Fournette and his broken ankles antonio brown who just smashed a security camera i mean you know those are all still <laughs> names with experience uh you know they blew out the packers which was a really weird game because man the packers had all the mo and just suddenly aaron Rodgers had that vacuum of suck by throwing that first pick six and it was all just a blowout after that some uh, some things I'm a little skeptical about in the Buccaneers so far. They only have two wins over teams higher than third place in their division. And they have three losses to teams ranked first or second in their division. That, to me, says this team is a bit of a pretender and a result of their schedule. Now, two of their losses came to the Saints, one of which was a blowout in Tom Brady's statistically worst game of his career. And they almost and maybe should have lost to the Giants. So, you know, this team kind of is who their records say they are. But at the same time, it's kind of reminding me of the Ravens last year. It's like this team can put up 35, 40 points when they never take their foot off the gas against lesser opponents. But when they're playing a decent defense, they seem to fold. And uh, you know what rhymes with fold? Old, just like Tom Brady is looking. I tell you what, this is not the Brady of old. You are lucky he has this kind of cast around him, or he is looking like a 4-5 win quarterback this year. And who do they play the next two weeks? Rams and the Chiefs. Those will be two very telling games. Tom Brady. Two very telling games. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the Bucks a little later, but you're right. Like, that's going to tell us a lot about what they look like. The Rams obviously having a great defense, and then the Chiefs being Super Bowl contenders that turn it on when they need to turn it on. Looking forward to those games. Good pick. I have nothing bad to say about that. Yeah, I, I get it. I am a little lower, but I'll talk about that later. All right, and we are back. We are in the B review section. And it is Reese's time to review a tasty beer for us. Reese, what are you going to review for us today? Well, you know, I thought about doing this uh, for a little while because we have some exciting news to share with our patrons and our listeners. Uh, At the end of this month, we will have an interview with Casey Beerco's own Carlton Graham. That's right. The head brewer of Casey Beerco, Carlton Graham, will be joining the podcast. And we're going to ask him a bunch of questions on the German-style beers they're creating out at that brewery in Waldo. They've recently won some awards at the Great American Beer Festival, so we're going to get the 411 on that. And we're just going to have them uh, tell us all about the lagers, because I feel like lagers are the future of you know the beer proletariat. And uh, no, I, I lied. The bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie. <laughs> so... You know, I just want to know what I can about those loggers so that when they start taking over everywhere, I'm not getting picked on by like super beer aficionados. Yeah, I'm I'm like in the point in my life where it was like it was college, I was having PBRs and it's like, wait, there's more than PBR. And then I started to have Sierra Nevada and I was like, This is the coolest beer ever. I can't have a cooler beer than this. And then Hazy started to come out, and then I started that now I'm in the craft beer scene and now it's this shift into even like craft brewers it's like lagers are the only thing that i want to have yes i brew you know triple hazy ipas yes i brew crazy sours yes i brew imperial stouts but they all drink german lagers like that is that is the cool thing now we love it you guys are gonna love this interview too like we totally nerd out and it's great and we have some fun stories as well well so what i'm going on with that is that uh Given all the lager stuff going on, I found it only fair to review a Boulevard lager today. Uh, I I am rocking this fantastic Casey Pills, which some of you may or may not be familiar with. It's uh, We're calling it an American-style lager. Uh, by and large, though, we're trying to make it kind of a kind of more like a Czech style pilsner. You know, it's it's got more of that crackery kind of sulfurish nose to it, as opposed to the lighter, more you know, kind of bitter, noble hopped style pills. So, I would also like to note that this will be the first time I think that we're cracking a bottle on air. Is that correct? Uh, have you only cracked Boulevard cans with us? Um, I'm. Pretty sure that's the only thing I've done so far. Wow. Then, yeah, that might be our first bottle because I haven't cracked any bottles. I mean, I cracked a Tank 7, but I cracked Tank 7 in, like, the early, early years of our podcast that are in the depths of our Patreon. Oh, man. And, like, if you became a Patreon patron, you could maybe even, like, check out some of those old episodes. Is that what I'm hearing? I think so, and there's some crazy stuff in there. Like I said, that was when Kyle was on our podcast every week. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I'm going to crack a bottle and pour one out for our friend Kyle. All right. All right, let's get this started, baby. Crack that open, and then tell me what the aroma is like. All righty. So, Roma, I'm getting a lot of kind of sulfur notes on this, which not 
you know, like fire and brimstone, sulfur, just kind of that, yeah, that mineralistic basic sulfur smell. I think it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, and that I think you get a lot from the malt as well, or the, sorry, not the malt, but the yeast. I think the yeast will kind of give it that, and you want, you have different types of yeast when you use Pilsners, and you want to have that sulfury, like you said, kind of that bite that will then translate, I'm sure, to the taste. But anyway. Yeah, so I'm getting that. I'm getting some cracker notes, you know, kind of like a Ritz cracker, and also a little bit of honey sweetness in there. So... In regards to the basics aroma on this, using the Metzger metric system, I'm going to give aroma a 7.3. 7.3. Solid. Solid. Thank you, Noah Metzger, for making the system for us and for a great podcast last week. We look forward to more, Mr. Metzger. Appearance. Appearance on this one. It's a nice golden color. Uh, you know, if you put this side by side with the Bud Light, you may be able to fool some people. But <laughs> it looks actually looks darker than I thought it would look. It's a tad bit darker than a Bud Light. I'm doing it a disservice. Uh, but you know, it almost looks like a Hefeweizen to some degrees. It's it's got yeah. just the slightest bit of haze and opacity to it. So on appearance, you know, this looks like a Czech style Pilsner. I'm gonna give it a seven point six. Nice, some more Dewey Decimal Metzger metrics. Yeah, dude. Three, flavor. Flavor. Take us to Flavor Town, Reese. You know, that is pretty nice. It's a very subtle, you know, medium to lighter body lager flavor that you like. You don't taste any of the sulfurness. You don't get a whole bunch of hot bitterness out of this bad boy as well. You know, that's kind of more of the uh, the German-style pills. But you do get some nice crackery notes, maybe a little bit of honey sweetness in there. Yeah, man, this tastes like a very drinkable, dare I say crushable, Pilsner. Crushable. When was the last time we had a crushable beer on here? Have we had a, something that's like crushable noteworthy recently? Um, I, the ones that I've had have mainly been double IPA, so no on my front. I can't remember when Kyle, I can't remember the last beer Kyle's reviewed. Kyle, Kyle's probably going to be like, hey man, I had King Huapau from, from, uh, Cigar City. That stuff's <laughs> definitely crushable. <laughs> he has his, like, massive gray beard out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have to send you this meme, uh, the meme of the, oh no, I, I, I don't even want to say it on air because I need to get the guy's name right, but it's like this picture of this child's acting star and it's like never had craft beer and then it's like one craft beer and it's what he looks like today and it's just like huge fat guy with tats and like a big, a big beard and it's like, <laughs> oh it's, my I forgot the child star, I mean it's one of the Christmas movies, it's not Macaulay Culkin, but, oh no, the, the, uh, the uh, guy from Sixth Sense, what's his name? The, the little kid. Oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Is that who it is? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's a picture of him now and he looks he's like huge. He's like a huge guy, oh, big, geez. like <laughs> huge beard, a lot of tats, and it's like 
had one had one craft beer. <laughs> Dude, craft beer is not a joke, people. Don't even try it once. I'm just kidding. For those of you who don't know, Kyle's been off being a musician in the beer-heavy lands of Montana, particularly Bozeman, as well as uh, someplace called Los Angeles. Um, so no shortage of craft beer there. We expect Kyle to come back and just be like completely, you know, 30th level Mason enlightened in regards to beer. So you can bet, Kyle, if you're listening to this, you're going to be doing the first beer review on your episode back here. We miss you, dog. Oh, I, uh, Kyle, if you listen to this, the the code word is Sputnik, and I'll give you a hundred bucks if you text that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. What's what's next on the beer review? We miss Kyle. Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. It's very nice. It's very smooth. As I mentioned, uh, it has a medium body taste. I'm going to give it kind of a, a lighter to medium body mouthfeel as well. Not a whole bunch of carbonation going on in there, surprisingly. But yeah, it gives you a little bit of a tang in the back of the tongue. You know, I mean, all all uh, Pilsner's going to have a little bit of bitterness action going on there. You get that mostly in the back of the tongue. It's uh, it's fun. It's it's As I said, it's crushable. It's easy to drink. I think I'm going to give mouthfeel on this one a 7.9. Nice. Okay, and aftertaste. Aftertaste a little bit interesting. It's nice because you get even more of like the malt notes in it than you do when you're having it go down. Uh, you get more bitterness the more you exhale, though. So it's like a combination of like the rich breadiness of the malt meeting kind of like the bitterness of the hop come back up. Uh, Again, it's a lager. You're going to get more of those notes the more it warms up, as it has been in my hand. You know, it doesn't wow me, but it's, again, very, very drinkable. I'm going to give this a 7.7. Nice. Lots of lots of 7s I see in this Pilsner. Oh, yeah. It's straight 7s across the board. It's my Bob's 47 glass. That's why. Yeah. The goat. The goat. And last but not least... Our BDQ, or should I say our Bob Dylan query? Well, Bob Dylan query on this one, it's pretty solid. As I mentioned, this is very crushable, which you don't always get with Pilsners. Pilsners are pizza beer, Pilsners are pretzel beer, Pilsners are a good anytime beer, but they're not all created to the same, you know, like depth and brevity. This one's 4.8%. As I said, it's not too heavy in the mouth. It's got a very nice flavor to it. It doesn't skunk or get bad as it warms up, you know, which is a sign of inferior pilsners. But, you know, (laughs) this one would be a really good beer as kind of like a gateway to lagers for a lot of people. Because, I mean, we've talked about that Bierstadt collaboration that, you know, Boulevard and... So uh, good. No, that that was that stuff was just the best. You know, that's that's going straight into sports car in regards to pilsners. Yeah, this would be a good one to be like, hey, find these notes. Once you can find these notes in the beer, and you're not just saying that, you're ready to kind of like take the next step up the ladder and have like a Casey Beer Co. or like a Prost, you know, like a more yeah. German specific brewery style lager. So BDQ on this, I'm gonna give this an eight point two. Nice. All right, you heard it here first. And by the way, the uh, the Bierstadt, the uh, the Pilsner that they have, that got rated like thirty sixth, like best beer from uh, Craft Beer Mag, which was the like second Pilsner on the list to Pilsner or Kell. So, oh my gosh, it's solid, yeah, dude. Some good, some good stuff. 
That is some good stuff. Well, like I said, uh, come back at the end of the month if you want to hear the ins and outs of loggers with our buddy Carlton from KC Beer Co. I'm excited for that interview. It should be a really good time. It is. It is must view, ladies and gentlemen, because you get to hear about how German beer is made from his perspective, but also for you that are just getting into beer, like it is a very good entryway into like what is craft beer, what is what is German beer, how do you make it it's so good? So stay tuned for that. Awesome stuff, baby. All right. Number six, the New Orleans Saints, who have won how many in a row? Six. Six in a row. But uh, we don't know the status of Drew Brees' injury. He could be out for multiple weeks. Oh, we know the status of Drew Brees' injury. I'm sorry. I'm jumping in. Did you hear about that? No. What's, what's the status? Multiple fractured limbs and a collapsed lung. That might be career on Drew Brees. Really? Well, I did hear collapsed lung and the rib injury, but I didn't know that it was going to be diagnosed as career ending. Well, they're not diagnosing career ending yet, but I mean, on a 40-year-old man, that might be the last we see of Drew Brees. That's fair. That's fair. So we'll have to see, but just for what the season has looked like now, um, I have the Saints as six. Even without him, remember, they went undefeated without Drew Brees last year. Uh, Granted, that was with Teddy Bridgewater, but Jameis Winston is a different guy. But Jameis Winston can throw the long ball. He also can throw the interceptions. But he had, I want to say he was tied for the most touchdowns last year when he was with the Bucks. Um, so so he will throw the long ball to Michael Thomas. Uh, it is still a very good team, a great defense. Like I said, six straight wins against people like the Chargers, the Bears, the Buccaneers. And unfortunately, not a very good 49ers team this year. But they've been hot and cold, so we'll see. Now going forward, okay, say Drew Brees is going to be out for a while. Next week, Falcons. Week after that, Broncos. Falcons again. Eagles. Then us. Okay, so they'll probably lose that game if they don't have Drew Brees. But then after that, the Vikings, the Panthers. Okay, even without Drew Brees, they still might be favored in all those games minus maybe the maybe the Vikings and of course the Chiefs. They can they can get out of this going Going six and one, going six and one without Drew, and maybe Drew's ready after two months. Who knows? All I'm saying is that team is real. Regardless of Drew Brees, you guys know of Alvin Kamara. You guys know of Michael Thomas. Having Emmanuel Sanders as your second receiver is a great luxury to have. I know he's not the Emmanuel Sanders of old, still great. Of course, Traycon Smith, Jared Allen. I can go on and on. It's a very good offense as well as a very good defense. Again, I will keep harping the NFC cluster. Anybody can come out of that division, so give me experienced teams over these hot teams. Well, I'm just about to drop a quick bomb on you before I go over to my number six team. I don't even have the New Orleans Saints appearing in my top ten. The New Orleans Saints were a suspect team to me before the loss of Drew Brees, and now adding just the sun and moon waffling nature of Jameis Winston does not add the stability that a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater does. I mean, we talk, we we sung Teddy Bridgewater's praises and his decision making last week, you know, so it comes to no surprise. But, you know, the Saints have three victories this year in a row that were three points or less. Chargers, Panthers, Bears, none of those inspire me with confidence. 
so I think this is probably it for the Saints and subsequently why I had the Dolphins so high because they're hot I don't have the Saints in my top 10 because without Drew Brees I think they're not fair that's fair all right so now my number six something a little more exciting uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals Kyler Murray throwing that Hail Mary to Hopkins was just something man and that's just kind of just like unbelievable that's just like a 30 second glimpse of what this team's been all season they can win shootouts they had that classic against the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks ago they have 30 points or more in seven games this season including their last six now, a little bit sobering to that is that they have a bad defense. They they win shootouts because they have to be in shootouts, but when the time comes to put the clamps down on somebody, not looking so good. They've also had a pretty meh schedule so far. Their best win on there is beating an undefeated Seattle team that's in a bit of a tailspin right now. And if we're being honest, props to Kyler for pulling that out probably they should have lost to the Bills. You know, you lose that game probably nine times out of ten with how that whole thing ended. So, you know, this is a team that I wouldn't want to play because I think they can beat anybody, but I think they could also lose to just about anybody. Yeah, that that's fair, and that actually goes perfectly into my seventh pick, the Arizona Cardinals. So we're pretty close on there. There we go. Tell, um, tell me your thoughts yeah, on the Cardinals. I, yeah, no, look, Cardinals, I think, are the new darling of the NFL. For the first half of the season, we thought the Bills were the darling of the NFL, but now the Cardinals are starting to come into their own. One of the worst trades in the in NFL history was trading DeAndre Hopkins to a Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray offense. Obviously, what we just saw, probably the play of the year. DeAndre Hopkins going up against three defenders and they didn't even try to bat it down it literally just went straight into his hands a really big dude like what a great combo I was telling Reese the other day that I think that Kyler Murray Hopkins in the end is going to be a better combo than Mahomes Kelsey not a knock on Mahomes Kelsey it's just that that duo is the only duo that they're going to have the only thing Murray has right now is Hopkins right Kenyon Drake is starting to have a secondary role to even chase Edmonds Larry Fitzgerald is not Larry Fitzgerald anymore and Kyler Murray doesn't need a second option when you have an option like that and you have three defenders on you at the end of the game when you know it's going to go to this guy and he still catches it like that is a scary duo going forward give them props give Cliff Kingsbury props, but you're right, Reese. That defense has a lot of holes to it. But to their defense, a lot of them have had injuries. Uh, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, and I know Patrick Peterson's starting to get a little better from what he was, although he had some blown plays to Cole Beasley. But I am looking to, to this team for the future. Like, when you look at the Chiefs for the next five years, you're thinking dominance. But now I'm starting to look at, okay, uh, Lamar Jackson's probably not going to be in the picture anymore, I don't think. He's not playing that well. Look at Kyler Murray to come in once, you know, once Breeze is gone, once Brady's gone, once Rodgers is gone, once once Phillip Rivers is gone. See Kyler Murray to start going up there, and I think it's going to be a Murray-Mahomes league when people thought it was going to be a Jackson-Mahomes league. I think it's a Murray's-Mahomes. What do you think? Uh, I'm with you. It blows my mind the lack of media attention that Kyler Murray seems to be getting. And, you know, this might just be the, the spark that sets off the powder keg, hopefully. Because, I mean, guys, 
let's be let's be real here. At best, can we say Lamar Jackson is an average at best thrower of the football in the NFL? Kyler Murray can sling it with the best of them, and he moves like Lamar Jackson. So yeah, I mean, going back to that highlight play, he rolls to his left and then throws with his right. Like, he's twisting just like Mahomes does, and he throws over 40 yards to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Perfect. Like, that that stuff you don't see other than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. My only hope is that he just doesn't get injured because he is small. He is yeah. every maybe bit of five foot eight in his cleats he looks like a pop warner guy playing out there he doesn't slide very well either that's that's a little concerning for him like yeah dude, that's scary i'm like you're a baseball player this should be like second nature to you but i just hope that you know one day aaron donald in that division doesn't just come and blindside the crap out of that guy because i'll tell yeah. you what until he beats us in a meaningful game just keep injecting Kyler Murray into my veins, man. I love that guy. <laughs> well, and this second half of the season is, is going to be a tester for them to see what they really are. Uh, next week, back in Seattle, so another shootout. Then the Patriots, who we said, good defense. Then they play the Rams, and then they play the Rams at the end of the year. And we'll see if the 49ers get their injuries back together. But they could be playing a lot of great defenses. So we're going to see what Kyler Murray is really made of going forward. Well, going forward myself, you just had your number seven, the Arizona Cardinals. I got my number seven, the Buffalo Bills, the people on the wrong end of that Hail Mary. <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking pretty good this year. This offense is white hot, unless they're ice cold. Uh, Josh Allen has seemingly taken a step forward in regards to his accuracy and like basic quarterback passing this year. And we got to remember, they beat Seattle 44-34. So Seattle put up points, and Buffalo said, nah, we're going to put up more points. Uh, I'm going to say, though, they've lost convincingly to the two best teams they've played so far, being the Titans and the Chiefs. And as I mentioned, Allen in the offense has a tendency to go cold. I can speak of that specifically because I have Allen as my quarterback one in fantasy football. That guy's either putting up 25-plus or he's struggling to get 15. Uh, the defense is probably the most worrisome thing about Buffalo for me so far in that, I tell you what, if you could have a time machine and show this year's offensive highlights to the Buffalo Bills after that playoff last last year, Bills fans would be saying, holy crap, we get that offense on top of our defense. I'd be like, eh, you say that. But, you know, they <laughs> I mean, that Bills defense is in trouble. They are in the bottom half of the league in almost every important defensive statistical category, which, dang, dog, if you could just get that defense up to like three quarters as good as it was last year, I'd pencil them into the AFC title game right now. What do you think? Yeah, well, I I have the Bills a little lower, and we'll talk about it a little later, but I'll just talk about them now. Um, that team should still be pretty good from last year, right? They still have Trent Murphy, who's actually a friend of the podcast, by the way. Um, they have Micah Hyde. They have 
uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver. That Those are still very good defensive players, so I'm not sure what's really going on there. I mean, people are really killing them um, in the run game as well as in the pass game. Of course, we did. We exposed them quite well there. But And their offense is so much better. Like like you said, Josh Allen's uh, Stefan Diggs it could be one of the best duos in the NFL right now. And then they have our boy Mitch Morse as well, <laughs> helping, out, helping out Josh Allen, giving him some love. And then they're starting to figure out their running back core with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's a pretty good team going forward. I think it'll be one of the better teams, but I mean it's it's really a shame just like you said in the beginning of the podcast this should be their division there shouldn't be any competition between the bills and the dolphins right now and they are not capitalizing on that and they're going to play the dolphins at the end of the year and right now it looks like they're probably going to lose that game so it's kind of a shame because they have all the pieces in place i really don't know what's going on maybe it's a personnel issue so we'll see what happens there but yeah i have the bills just a little bit lower Again, another team that can pop up in the playoffs because the AFC is kind of a stew. If you're not the Chiefs and the Steelers, they could come out of round one. We'll see what happens. Okay, number eight for me. I actually really like this team, and it's kind of ironic that I like them. The Indianapolis Colts are my number eight team. That defense could potentially be better than the Steelers defense that is a very good defense and you know what as much as I hate Philip Rivers from being in the Chargers he finds ways to win the game and this is a much better team than he had in LA did you just say Philip Rivers I... finds ways to win the game <laughs> Okay, but again, this is a better team than the Did Chargers. Did you just are... say Philip Rivers finds ways to win the game? Philip Rivers, who fumbled the snap in the victory <laughs> formation and lost the football, finds ways to win the game. Look, the reason why I brought that up, you now put him on a good team that doesn't have the Chargers curse of always losing close games. You now have a team that has a formidable defense, and you also give them, uh, not that T.Y. Hilton has been good, but you have T.Y. as kind of a decor right now because Michael Pittman's playing really well, but you have him, and then you have the three-headed monster with Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. It just seems like Philip Rivers is playing so much better than he was in the Chargers. It just seems like a different, it's a different Phillip to me. I, I know it's the same guy, but I love this team so much more than I love the Chargers. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you this. The Indianapolis Colts do not appear on my top 10 power rankings, although I did strongly consider it. It just came down to, could I put them in with the other teams, uh, 8, 9, and 10? I just said, you know, I, I can't right now. I'll tell you what, Philip Rivers still has some gas in the tank. Uh, I would not want to play the Colts right now because their defense last year gave us fits. Philip Rivers would really yep. want to beat us because we're a former division rival, and I could see him just putting on the game of his life. So I don't want to play him right now. That isn't to say I think they're great. Uh, Philip Rivers, mind you, only has 11 touchdowns to seven interceptions this year. He's playing a game manager role he's playing a more conservative version of philip rivers which which might be what they need but i i just don't see him coming through on a clutch against another really good defensive team that kind of cancels out their defense and well and 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 that's what's pretty curious is i can see the colts going to the afc championship because of their defense 
kind of like the Titans, right? Kind of like Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm trying to go another example, but I can't really do it. Or I mean, maybe even the like 49ers, right? I can see them in playoff mode. That defense is like fine. You know, now we have Philip Rivers, who is an experienced quarterback and can make play. I mean, <laughs> I know you don't agree that I think he can win games, but when it comes to playoff time and you have a good defense, a uh, defense like that, and you don't have this curse of being the Chargers and always losing in the playoffs, always losing close games, it really changes it for me. Um, going forward, we're going to see more of what they are made of, right? Where they have the Packers, the Titans, they have the Steelers, and they have the uh, the uh, sleeper of the year, the Raiders, somewhere in there as well. Um, so we're really going to find out if their defense is going to carry them. Is Philip Rivers going to match the defense? And like, hey, you know, I, I can still throw the ball. I can still make plays happen. We have some good players. So they're really intriguing. I just like them as a team. Uh, Justin Houston's Justin Houston. <laughs> Plays when he feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm ready to go, boys. <laughs> speaking of teams that seem to only show up when they feel like it, coming in at number eight for me is the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they're they're quietly a pretty decent team this year. They don't have any bad losses. You know, they lost to the Bills early in the season by three, had that touchdown loss to the 49ers back when they were all healthy. And they also have a loss to the Dolphins last week. Like I said, the Dolphins are playing very respectable and every bit deserving of number four in my power rankings. Uh, <laughs> number four. Other things going four. well for them right now. The defense finally seems to be playing up to those contracts. Aaron Donald is just half a sack off of being the leader in the NFL in those regards. Jalen Ramsey shut down DK Metcalf last night. And, you know, that defense is the first place defense in that division. So I think that's pretty good. Things that are making me a little bit worried, that offense is the last place offense in that division. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are still hamstrung. Wait, even worse than the 49ers? Even worse than the 49ers and all those second stringers. And you know what? Wow. It all comes down to they are hamstrung by the limitations of Goff. He's still playing very mediocre. He is 18th in touchdowns and 15th in interceptions. He's shooting at a 13-6 to clip right now, which just is not going to get it done when you got a division with Seattle and Arizona that are going to dare you to score points. So... You know, is McVeigh a good coach or is he just kind of a one hit wonder? I think the jury's still out on that, much like Nagy in Chicago. You got to give those guys a quarterback that fits their system instead of saying, make this square peg fit. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't have the Rams on my power rankings, but I understand why you put them on there. Someone that I also considered because their defense is still elite, still have Aaron Donald. Like you said, Jalen Ramsey played very well against the Seahawks uh, last weekend. Going forward, they have a pretty tough schedule. That's kind of why I, I knocked them off because they got the Bucks, they got the Cardinals twice, they have the Seahawks, and they have the Patriots as well. So those are all going to be tough games um so we'll see what happens to them going forward um but i definitely don't knock you there and yeah jared goff 
Not great, but Jared Goff can also throw the long ball. He's one of the like few quarterbacks that can throw it deep in the NFL, which is crazy. Like we we always talk about this like evolution of the quarterback, evolution of the NFL, but how many quarterbacks can you name that can actually throw the deep ball and throw it accurately? Like not very many. Now, not that Goff can throw it accurately, but he can throw the deep ball. I just find it very ironic that everyone's like the NFL is changing. I was like, no, you still have Cam Newton. <laughs> you still have Philip Rivers. <laughs> yup. Ain't that the truth. All right. Um, so I have at nine, I have what you had a little earlier, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the game that they had against the, the Saints really brought them down for me. If they didn't have that game against the Saints, I would have them a lot higher. Um but Tom looked awful. And because he looked awful, I don't know what Tom we're going to see every week. The Saints defense is very good, but they aren't elite. I wouldn't put them in that elite category. So for him to have just an atrocious game is not only an because of the Saints, but maybe just he's getting old and maybe we're starting to see it finally. Um, so that really upset me. I mean, not really upset me because I don't really care, but it upset my rankings where I would have had them much higher because in that game, they still had a healthy Mike Evans. They had Chris Godwin. They had Antonio Brown. He still had all those weapons and could not capitalize on it, um, which makes me feel a lot better for our game uh, with the Bucks later on this year. Um, so we'll see what happens to them. Again, a very good defense, though, uh, which is why I have them in the top 10. Another team that can come out of the NFC because of this melting pot. I'll keep chiming on that. There's just so much there that can happen. A um, little worried about Tom. That's my con, but you know, that's a very good core right there. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, AB being your third option. And Ronald Jones, if you didn't see his run, you got to look it up. It was a 99-yard rush. Like, Ronald Jones is starting to tell Leonard Fournette, back off, dude. This is my offense. So we'll see what happens there. An exciting team to watch. And it's just fun to watch Tom Brady because, you know, you don't have very many games left with Tom Brady. So I just want to, you know, see him. Hopefully he doesn't have another game like the Saints because that was atrocious. Yeah, you say we don't have very many games left to Tom Brady, but people were saying that about six years ago too. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> you have like freaking Jake yeah, and Voorhees. You can't keep him down. <laughs> now I'm only eating kale so I can have one more year. Yeah, really. All right, well, coming in at number nine for me, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know... This team is still very difficult to prepare for. They they basically run the modern NFL equivalent of teams that run the wishbone of the triple option in college. It's a very difficult scheme to stop week by week, but it's a very easy scheme to stop when you have time to prep for it. Technically, they still have the best scoring defense in the league, although I'm going to dissect that a little bit. Uh, some things that are worrying me about this team, though, regression. This is the great regression. Lamar, regression. Hollywood Brown, regression. Ingram, yeah. regression. That defense as a whole, regression. You know, it's like this is a this is a team that's largely winning off of getting some lucky bounces and, you know, fumble recovery touchdowns, which aren't very often. Uh, you know, I, I think they took a step back in the safety position, losing Earl Thomas. I don't think this pass rush seems to be, you know, the whole is not equaling the sum of the parts on there for me. And on offense, you know, I mentioned it's a really difficult offense to stop week by week, but 
There's some big holes in there. Lamar Jackson is once again leading this team in rushing yards. You can't do it all by yourself in the NFL. And here's some statistics for you. Five out of their six wins are against teams that are third or worse in the division. And four wins that are teams that are basically in last place. I say basically because the whole NFC East, the Washington football team, the Eagles, you know, it's like they're all basically in last place. Let's be real here. So they're not, they're doing what they did last year. They're beating up on like the little sisters of the poor. When they play the real teams in prime time, they still can't seem to get it done. Chiefs, Steelers, Patriots. You know, they got a big game against the Bills coming up later, round two against the Steelers. Ooh, man, it's they've lost, uh, oh, geez, what is it now? Two of their last three. You know, I, I can't say these these guys are very high in my power rankings at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely fair. And going forward, the next two weeks is the Titans and the Steelers, so they could potentially go 0-3 which would be a new thing for the Ravens as of recently. I will disagree with you, though, in saying that I really do enjoy their pass rush, even though they might have not been producing right now. Coming to the playoffs, I don't want to mess with Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Judon, Bowser, you know, Malik Harris. Just so, just so many good players that even though they might not be playing well right now, I don't want to test the luck in the playoffs. Now... It gives me more more comfort that we're going to be facing Lamar Jackson if we do face the Ravens because we own Lamar Jackson. In fact, we do. Yeah, we actually actually do own him. Um, so going forward, you know, they don't scare me as a Chiefs fan, but if I'm not a Chiefs fan, I'm still scared of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, interesting team going forward and no longer the darling of the NFL. Like I've said, them and the Bills have kind of come off there and... Um, ESPN's going to have to talk about Patrick Mahomes going forward. That's all I have to say. You can't tell them what to do, bro. (laughs) All right, and last but not least for me, we've already talked about them, but the Buffalo Bills are 10 for me just because of how hot and cold they are and because of their defense. Surprisingly enough, as we talked about in the beginning, how their defense is just not good this year and how they were great last year. People are really exposing them. Um, but I love the when they are good, the Josh Allen Diggs combo I think is wonderful. Uh, could be a surprise coming up. Well, for me, I had them so low they could be a surprise being a power horse at the very end of the, the season, but we'll see. But yeah, just right at 10 for me I think that's still high praise for them. We'll see if they get it figured out. I like that in number 10. You know, I I really waffled where to put the Bills because, like you said, that defense is just so bad. It's like, are they Super Bowl contenders? Are they just pretenders? I don't know. We are yet to see them really string it all together for multiple games. Speaking of such, my number 10, I have the Seattle Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson is putting up an MVP consideration campaign right now. He's leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns as of this podcast recording. And he is a dangerous receiving duo with Metcalf and Lockett. Both those guys trading, he wants to put up 35-plus points each week in fantasy football. It's crazy. The cons on him. Worst defense in the NFL, man. This is even worse than the 18 Chiefs. Really? Oh, dude, they are the dead last worst defense in the NFL. Wow. And I can't wait to face them in the Super Bowl. You know, it's. I think even the Chiefs in 2018 were sitting at like oh, 28th or 29th, you know, ranked defense. So this is bad. 
Uh, Russ is also leading his team in rushing, which is even fewer yards than the Ravens have. So they have the same problem as the Ravens, but to an even greater extent, because Russell Wilson is not that much of a rushing quarterback. Yes, the dude can bail out and scramble and run when he has to, but he's not a run-first kind of guy. Some other difficult stats for Russ to swallow, he's kind of having just a volume passing year at this point. You know, it's like you throw enough spaghetti against the wall, of course someone's going to call one of them a Warhol. So he is second to last in interceptions right now. Second to last. In addition to that, he has four lost fumbles for 14 total turnovers. Now, a lot of these are coming in the last few games, and subsequently the team is three and four, and they only have two wins by more than a touchdown on the season. We've talked about this a lot with a lot of other teams in our power rankings, but it seems that the Seahawks are starting to kind of regress down to the mean in regards to these shootouts and lucky finishes and having the ball bounce their way late in the game. Are they a 500 team? Absolutely not. They're too good for that, but just how far they can go is going to depend on if they can somehow shore up that defense. Yeah, and I think Russell is going to clean up those turnovers going into the playoffs as well, which is why I I had him pretty high on my rankings, because I think that's a team um, with a great offense and with a good leader that could go to the Super Bowl, could beat a Packers, could beat, you know, well, now we're not really thinking the Saints are going to make the playoffs if Breeze isn't there, but could beat a Bucks team. It's just such a weird NFC division right now. I don't know what's going on, or conference. All right, so that has been our top 10 power rankings for the NFL as of the midseason. Some surprises, some not-so-surprises. I think a lot of the usual suspects we all expected were in that list. But now we are running out. Uh, Our stat guy is starting to give us the signal in the back of the studio, so we have to get going on this one. (laughs) We're going to be giving the Fountain City Sports Media midseason awards for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Armando, I'm going to give you the category. You're going to tell me the first thing within 30 seconds that comes into your head, and I'm going to do the same, okay? Okay. All right, so here we go. Fountain City Sports Media Midseason Awards, number one, most improved chief. McCall Hardman. I like McCall Hardman. Uh, you know, most improved chief for me. <whistles> Dang, man. I might have to say McCall Hardman as well. He's really showing a lot of improvement over last year, showing he's not just some sort of, you know, one trick pony. He's a, he's a route runner now. Yep, going to go great into the playoffs. Love that he could be a second option, even with Sammy Watkins there. Uh, Just a better offense. Love it. All right. So going from improved, who is the most unimproved chief, in your opinion? Who's taking a step back? This won't take me 30 seconds. It'll take me a millisecond. Travarius Ward. Turn around. Make a play. Oh, man. that's Turn around, make a play sounds like, you know... I don't know, some collective soul album from the 90s or something. Uh, For me, (laughs) the most unimproved chief, man, I I was saying Charvarius Ward may have been fool's gold last year, so my most unimproved chief is going to be Harrison Butker. That guy is having serious problems with PATs, and we've really dodged bullets and not having it cost us yet, but... If we're going to be talking averages, if that's the the theme of the show, I think one of those days is going to come back and nip us, just hopefully not in the playoffs. We are we are currently undefeated when he misses a PAT. It's a great stat. All <laughs> right, so most surprising, Chief. Armando, what do you think? 
Dirty Dan. Ooh. Dirty Dan stepping up this year. Love it. Give me some Dirty Dan for the playoffs. Oh, man. You know, most surprising chief for me, I'm going to have to stick with my guns with Harrison Butker. I really thought when that Chargers game happened, I'm like, he has turned the corner. Now he is a powerful, accurate kicker, and he's going to make his extra points, and he's just going to be like baby Justin Tucker for us, and that just hasn't been the case so far. So last but not least, the MVP of the team, not named Patrick Mahomes. Who you got, buddy? You know, I almost picked Dirty Dan for this one just because he's been so great leading the team in tackles in almost every game, which has been insane. But I have to give it to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, just every single game has been solid. You know, it's almost like he's getting better every single year. Um, Incredible. So great to have him on the team. It's just so fun to watch. MVP. I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Had you asked me last year, I probably would have said Tyron Matthew, maybe Frank Clark, but uh, this year it's got to be Travis Kelsey. That guy is somehow just putting up a career year for himself. He's looking for that fifth straight 1,000-yard reception season, and I don't agree with the facial hair or the haircut, but, man, that's still the same old Travis between the pads. Love the guy. (laughs) All right. Well, I think it's about all we have. Is uh, what, what, Anything else in the docket tonight, Armando, before we let the cast go? Yeah, really quickly, give me your predictions for the Raiders game. Oh, man. Raiders game prediction? Oh, goodness gracious. What I hope, I hope we come out there and drop a 35-17 to 17 bomb on them. That's what I'm predicting. Excellent. 40 to 0, hot take Mondo. How dare you guys do a lap around Arrowhead when Andy Reid gets pissed about you doing a bus lap around Arrowhead? You know you're in trouble. You are in big trouble. 40 to 0. You will never do that to us again. Ever. Yeah, we're about to see some formations that have like never been conceived or have only been used <laughs> back in the days of leather helmets. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has like a jet pack and like for some reason it's like not in in the rule book so they just <laughs> implement a play with <laughs> exactly and the refs are like I mean technically it's allowed <laughs> yeah it's uh that's not not against the rules so did you hear what a uh, Gruden had to say about the bus driver though no what do you say apparently the bus driver said something to Gruden and uh, Gruden's like take a victory lap Oh, really? Oh, so it was like a KC guy was the bus driver? As I understood it from the presser, but I mean, I could be wrong on this, but... I don't care. Inappropriate for you to do a a bus lap. A bus lap around Arrowhead. How dare you? 40-0. Let me tell you, man, there's nothing better than ticking off all those Chiefs fans in the audience, especially when you go to their place and punch them in the mouth, man. (laughs) Yeah, it was a big mistake. Can't wait to see Derek Carr get sacked a historic amount of times. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. Find us on Instagram at Fountain City SM to get updates on the podcast, sports, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, We thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.